All right, everybody, good day to you. We are in Genesis chapter 3. Look at us. <laughs> Moving along. We're almost done. Mm. All right, so we're in Genesis chapter 3. And what I want to do is I, I think we're only going to get to six verses tonight, so I want to read those six verses, and then uh, we can go back together and discuss it. Um, now, remember, though, the context of things... Uh, Adam and Eve, they're in this garden, it's, uh, it's amazing, it's wonderful, everything sort of working out uh, perfectly, you know, we had that statement about things being not good, um, but then uh, the Lord brought uh, Eve along, and just as a, a perfect, um, compatible helper fit for Adam, and uh, he said there, at the, toward the end of chapter 2, at last, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, um, and so, uh, that's the context. Here we are in the garden. Now, let's read the first six verses. Excuse me. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. <coughs> Excuse me. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit, and she ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he also ate. Let's uh, pray. Father, we do pray uh, for insight into your word, Lord, that you'd open up our hearts, our eyes, our understanding, Lord, that you'd bless our conversation, and that you'd move in our midst. Lord, uh, teach us through these things, and grow us as we seek to know you uh, more fully, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so there is the account. Uh, I don't like to say the story. Mm. Though it works, but oftentimes we think of stories like once upon a time there were, you know, a little bear or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is the account. Now some have suggested that the account is either mythological or it's uh, an allegory, uh, essentially, designed to kind of convey an idea but not meant to be taken uh, literally. Uh, and some of the reasons for that, first off, some people don't believe there was an Adam and an Eve, um, so that would be one. The other is serpents don't typically talk, you know, so here you got this talking serpent, and so obviously this can't be real. Um, however, I would suggest this. Do we have other instances in the Bible of animals talking? Mm-hmm. A donkey talked. Mm-hmm. Spoke. And not just me. Huh? And not just Not me. just you. Right. So <laughs> in, in Numbers chapter 22, you have the account of Balaam's donkey turning to him and saying, enough with the hitting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I had enough, buddy. Um, I think it's also interesting to take note that the Apostle Peter, because somebody could say, well, that was an allegory too, um, you know, the, the donkey. Um, but the Apostle Peter in First Peter, or excuse me, Second Peter chapter 2, he says this. He's just referring to a group of people, and he said, They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice, and restrain the prophet's madness. He doesn't think it's an allegory mm. or it's a mythological idea at all. Um, so we ask ourselves, you know, can we accept 
this account that is in Genesis chapter 3 as a factual occurrence event that occurred? Yes. yes. We certainly can, and I would suggest you should. Um, part of the reason for that? Because the Apostle Paul did. So you look at 2 Corinthians 11. Now, if Paul thought that this was just sort of a, a way of conveying an idea, then he would have said that. But Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 11. He said, But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and a pure devotion to Christ. The idea is that Eve was deceived by a serpent who was cunning, crafty, as it says in back in Genesis 3. So uh, we're going to go from the direction that this is an actual account that occurred. Um, so let's go back. Let's take a look. Genesis 3, 1. It's for another point. Yeah, please. We don't know what creation was like before the fall. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, uh, maybe, so they, ever, maybe they all talked. Who knows? That's right. That's right. What's the verse? Even the rocks will cry out? Yeah. Maybe it was that way. Who knows? Wasn't there a Noah movie about that? Did I see something like that? All right. All right. Genesis 3.1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? All right. Well, the passage, well, let me just ask you, who's the serpent? Satan. Satan. How do you know that? Because he's bad. Well, this is interesting because... Because he's twisting the truth. It seems like... He takes part of what the Lord said, right, and twists it. Well, no, but it seems like he decided to take up residence in a particular animal, mm-hmm. right? Because it could have said, now the... Rabbit. Know, yeah, the rabbit was more crafty. <laughs> From Monty Python. I, don't, I think that there's a reason it's the serpent, because mm-hmm. later on he's referred to as that great serpent. The, the dragon, dragon, yes. You know... But I don't know if it's necessarily that the serpent... I don't know how the serpent got pulled into this thing. (laughs) Okay, so you're saying the serpent wasn't the devil, but the devil took up residence, so to speak, in the serpent. Now, but what makes you think that this snake, this serpent, is the devil? Oh, that that was your first question, yes. And that's what I... Well, because he's twisting what God originally told them, which is... Satan's and that's like what the devil does. That's what he does. Yeah, okay. he takes a little bit of the truth and twists it and pulls you in. Right? It's in Revelation two. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter two. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Two. What'd 12 you say? Twelve. Mine said by What does that say? So that so the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan. He deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. All right, very good. See that? Look at that. Scripture interpreting Scripture. What else? You got something else? Not um, necessarily. My the, I usually use King James in conjunction with the ISV. The ISV says the diviner. The diviner. And the Hebrew is ha-nachash. Oh. I don't even know if I said that right. <laughs> Which Probably means not. the shining one or the diviner. Oh, that's mm. right, the shining one. Okay. For what that's worth, I'd okay. But again, if creation uh, was different, mm-hmm. yeah, there's Frank no problem Shamster. with him being a serpent and talking. So sure. All right. So that's true. You say you saying Satan took on the form of a serpent. Yeah. Either way, it works. Right. It's cool. But. Well, I think it's a it's a bum rap. Mm-hmm. Serpent gets 
<laughs> right. on his belly for the rest of the rest of existence. Right. Mm. Well, well, it allowed Satan to. It's true. Yeah. Allow it to right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> let's go back here for a second. Nowhere in Genesis three does it say that this serpent is the devil, but it seems to imply that certainly. So. Yeah. We go to passages like Judy quoted, Revelation 12. Also, Revelation 20, it says similarly, and he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan. So those we know that the devil was in the Garden of Eden. It says in Ezekiel uh, chapter 28, it speaks of him being there. You can look at it, uh, Ezekiel 28, 13 to 19, if you want. So it seems pretty clear through the rest of Scripture that this either the serpent or inhabiting the serpent is the devil. Um, now, serpent could also be translated dragon, which does seem to fit in with this idea that's found in the two Revelation passages there, and you can look at them. But it seems that prior to the curse, that this serpent was different than the serpent that we have today or the snake that we have today. Um, at, in the very least, that it, it walked around in some way or another, but now... As a part of the curse, it is uh, going to move around on its belly. I don't know what the term is. Slither. 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 It's a fun word to say. Um, so let's, let's talk about this idea, though, because Mark suggested initially that uh, it didn't have, the serpent didn't have to be the devil, but he could have inhabited, the devil could have inhabited the serpent. Can a demon, can Satan indwell a person or an animal or something like that? You think he can? Well, the, Bible's, not, the Bible indicated that he inhabited Judas. I agree. Right. <laughs> Depends on who the person is. Okay. <laughs> All right, so first off, you're saying that he can inhabit a person. An example of that is that Judas became inhabited. You know. That's what it, the word, the text says that. Okay. Um, so humans can then be. Some of them. Right. Some humans. It depends on the person. We're going to come back to that. <laughs> can animals be inhabited by yes. a devil or a demon? Yeah. Yes. The swine going over the... Deviled ham. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we have that example. If you're not familiar, it's a story of a a demoniac who uh, is amongst the tombs there, and he's uh, delivered of these demons by Jesus, and they're cast into these pigs, and the pigs, they run off the the cliff. Don't forget deviled eggs. (laughs) Deviled ham, deviled eggs. Yeah, very good. Um... Okay, now, what do you mean when you say, those of you that said, not all people, certain people, something like that? Well, if you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, a demon can't indwell you. Okay. He can mess with you. So who would have the Holy Spirit indwelling them? Somebody who's saved. <laughs> Somebody who is saved? Yes. All Christians have the Holy Spirit? I don't. I don't know if all Christians... Uh, well, I can't speak for all Christians define. being saved. People who define themselves as okay. Christians may not be saved, but yes. by Okay, in God's definition. Yes, I would, I would say, sure. Okay. Yeah, if you're saved, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, and the Holy Spirit is indwelling you, mm-hmm. and a demon cannot inhabit... But what if you don't speak in tongues? Well, it's not a requirement. It's, it's it's a gift. It's just, it's one... And to, well, tongues was a whole thing in Acts, but there's... Um, heavenly language but that's not necess- that's just a gift not everybody has every gift ironically I was just thinking some would say 
if you speak in tongues, you're possessed. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of interesting. Okay, so uh, it seems that some of you are thrown out there or nodding vigorously. But tongues defined in the, in the Bible was specific languages that were interpreted, right, so that everybody could understand their No, I language. think it's all, there's also a prayer language of tongues. Right, and, and I've, heard them, I've heard it defined as a different kind of, like you have like a, heavenly. A, a heavenly language yeah. that you don't expound to other people that is like, you know, it's a relationship with you and God that you don't necessarily go to church and speak out loud to be interpreted. Well, I do think we see, though, the if tongues are going to be shared in a public setting, right. you only do so if someone is there to interpret. Yes. I don't know yeah. if that has to be an earthly language, though. Well, that would be cool if it didn't have to be. But who would interpret it? Somebody that has the gift of interpretation. That could interpret what that means. Yeah. Now, the I thing like is, that. how do I know if you've got the gift? You know well, that's I mean? like, it, yeah. Like, do we sign yeah. up at a door on the right. way in? You know. And that doesn't necessarily... Wanted. If you, if you don't... Yeah. You know, interpreter. So, tongue speaker. Yeah. Here's, um, here's, here's your, here's your backstop. Back then Ephesians 1. Ephesians, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. In him we have obtained inheritance, etc. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation believed in him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, mm. which was the guarantee of our inheritance. Yeah. So if you're saved, you got the Holy Spirit. And sealed. Okay. Yeah. Even if there's no Good to go. manifestation. Right. Now, yes. can a saved believer that has the Holy Spirit, could they be possessed by a devil? No. 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 Why not, Josh? Because God's not in a timeshare. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so greater is he that is in you than is That's in right. the world. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, yes? I think we can be messed with. That's well, that's a different... Yeah. Okay, so now we're that's differentiating possession from oppression. oppression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a, a, an entity... Like, right, I can't get in them, but I can certainly, like... Yes. Oh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What's that, my friend? Uh, don't mess with you. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what does it look like for someone to be oppressed? Like, what do you, what do you have in mind? Addictions. Mm. Various addictions and yeah. things like that? You know what I've been thinking a lot about lately is Daniel. Um, you know, clearly Daniel was a man of God, so there he was, and, you know, he was... His... The help that was being sent to him was hindered for 21 days. Um, you know, and here's the Archangel Michael is, like, fighting off... You know, I mean, we don't know what's being fought yeah. on our behalf. And that reminds me of Ephesians 6, which talks about the principalities and powers. And yeah. The yeah. And so we wrestle not against flesh and blood, yeah. but against principalities and yeah. powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. How about King Saul? Mm-hmm. Now, there's a distinction mm-hmm. because I don't think he was ever really saved. Mm-hmm. But it clearly says an evil spirit came upon and tormented him. Mm-hmm. And then David would play and the, and the spirit would leave. So I think that's a pic- there's a clear picture of oppression, not necessarily oppression of a saved person. It never said he was possessed by it. Right. It right. said he was afflicted. Afflicted is a good way to describe okay. it. Okay. Yes, sir? Mm-hmm. I could just use my own walk, you know. Okay. Yeah. You know, first getting saved and wrestling with things. And I think when they observe your behavior, if they see that, oh, there's a kink, get them. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, like, oh, let's let them go. No, they're going to see, like, if you're doing something or, or even an attitude towards something, right? Uh, traffic. Uh, to this day, I wrestle with traffic. Like, uh, that's a kink <laughs> in my armor. 
You know, that, that's, that's, you know what's a good book? That Strategy is a Satan book is a very good, um, well, and also um, um, C.S. Lewis's. Um, yes. I mean, that's such a great book, you know, just, just as, just to see, like, there is all this manipulation that goes on that we don't even see, that we're not even aware of, and all this warfare that needs to be dealt with in a prayer level. So I think like, it can be oppression physical yeah, stuff? Yeah. Or uh, other people getting in your case? Yeah. Because of the, oh, yeah. I, hope, I, I think they send, you know. A lot of it's know, at, the, at the mental level, too, because I got... Mm, that's know, what you were saying. the battle between the ears. I mean, I got saved. I got saved at an e- in a morning service. Went home, da 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 and there was an evening service at the church. Went to the evening service, and I came back, and I immediately started hearing these, you know, voices like, mm-hmm. oh, you really didn't mean what you said. You right. Really mm. You really didn't. You were really yeah. saved. You know, look at these, these thoughts are still going through your head. And I, you know, asked my friends to come. I was at, you know, university at the time, so my, friend, my friends went to the same church, and they actually came and they prayed, and it went away. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely attest to yes, yes. there's an attack yeah. that comes. Mm. And that's one of the things that book discusses is the attack on the mind, the strategy of Satan. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't hear it, Suzanne mentioned it's in the, the title. Thoughts. Warren Wearsby has a very, very good resource, small, simple. It's called The Strategy of Satan, which um, he just goes through the scriptures, and it's, it's an excellent resource. Um, something like the Screwtape Letters, you know, that's written as a novel. Right. Um, and I think it sort of opens you up to this, oh, my gosh, there is so much more than, you know, what I see around me. Mm-hmm. But I do appreciate Wearsby's work just for the way yeah, he teaches. Yeah, that's more real. Yeah. What do you got? Now, today I was tested. I had to go to Princeton. Uh-oh. And I'm going up Quaker Road, if you're familiar with Lawrenceville, um, near Wegmans, that whole area. If you keep going on Quaker Bridge Road, it becomes Quaker every Road. every time I drive on it. Yes. Going up to Princeton, there was a cat doing like 30. Just, a cat? Just, just <laughs> putt-putting. What kind of cat? Was it a big, a big tabby? <laughs> with a lion. Um, just putt-putting. It was a double. Like and a like, caterpillar like My old nature would be like, I'd be swerving. I would just pass him. Or, you know, so I'm, like, so I'm, I'm keeping my distance and just... Well, should I swerve? Or, and I'm like, no, don't do it. So like, this is like like ten minutes. <laughs> so I finally get to my destination and I do my thing, and then coming home, another one. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> like the same thing, like thirty miles an hour and like a forty-five. And I, again, I'm just like, yeah. But I mean, I, I think that's an example of like, hey, we know like this guy goes like nutso when people don't drive the speed limit. Could be. But I mean, I, I I think it's I think obviously God allows it, but yeah, you sure. Get that but throws it, the CD in your in your player. Uh, Let it go. That's right. And on the other hand, too, no, I, I, I think it's that. important to be really careful not to think that every single thing is an attack. That's true. Oh my I gosh, agree. that's an attack. That's it's an attack. I agree. Yeah. I so it's the, the enemy sees our weaknesses, right. like he said, and he yeah. is able to. Um, know those chinks in our armor and be able to, because yep. if he could get into our mind, we would go crazy. Because right. I know the insanity of Satan. If we just look at Job, right? I mean, God said He said, "Don't want to test him." I said, "Well, go ahead and test him, but don't kill him, or don't touch him." Mm-hmm. And he, what did he do? He didn't, <laughs> killed everyone else. you know, put a dollar on a string and pull it out. He killed everybody he loved and everybody he knew and left mm-hmm. his wife, you know, and, and lost everything. And then he. When he said, okay, you can touch him, he, I mean, I can't imagine what that guy went through. Mm. And he still held on to his faith. 
Hmm. But the insanity of Satan and the ability to oppress physically, you know, around you and have control over the weather and all that stuff because he blew the house in on his children, just, he's insane. Well, the thing is, God allowed that because Job, I forget what chapter it's in, but I went backwards one time through, because of course when I was like, you know, people are like, oh, read Job. I'm like, when does this get good? <laughs> and um, so I, I thought, you know, I was always thinking about Job and how the Lord let all this stuff happen to him. And I went backwards from, what is it, 42 or something is less. And there's a sentence where it says, Job counted himself as righteous. And so the Lord allowed all of that because the Lord allows this stuff, for, when he allows this stuff, like he did with Job's example. I don't know if I would say for every single thing that happens, but in Job's case, it actually brought him to a place of sanctification because it got rid of his self-righteousness. Because that was the thing. It said Job counted himself as righteous, so we, that's not a good thing. And But in the beginning he said, have you seen my servant Job? You know, So he knew Job was you know, a man after God's heart, but he also knew that he still had this peace in him. So I just, I always find that story very interesting. Mm -hmm. You can always go back and find more stuff. Yeah, you bet. Um, Can I just make another point since we're talking about demons and so on? Um, Many times you will hear folks talk about the demon of lust or the demon of alcoholism or the demon of, and they'll, they'll name these things. Mm -hmm. We don't see that in the scripture. Um, And, I don't need a demon of lust to lust. Um, that's my flesh that mm-hmm. is being appealed to. And so I do think we need to be careful with kind of that sort of terminology, that sort of thinking. Um, really, the scripture talks about my flesh being put to death in all of those different areas, not you know delivering me from some demon or, or something like that. So, again, they're not behind every tree. They're probably right. multi-purpose. Exactly. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. right. I don't think there's one assigned it to one That's particular. It. All right. Well, we got to keep moving because that was half a verse. All right. Now it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field. Let's take a look at the word crafty. It, I imagine different versions use slightly differing ideas of that same word, but it, it's a word which can mean shrewd, um, sly, but it could also be, and I thought this was interesting, it could also be prudent. Remember Dana Carvey? Wouldn't be prudent. Not at this juncture. I guess it was George Bush. Um, you know, but this idea of prudent, um, wise at this point in time. Um, so from the earliest passages of Scripture, here we are, the third chapter uh, of the Bible, we're seeing that the devil is the enemy of the people of God, and he's going to do what he can do to bring those people down in one way or another. So let's take a look at this. One, he's shrewd. Um, which is the idea of using wisdom and intelligence for nefarious purposes, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, nothing good's coming from it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sly, which is the idea of being skilled in deception. Mm. And then what stood out to me is he's prudent, and that seemed to me to give off this idea of that he'll take his time mm. and wait for when the opportunity is right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, So we might think, oh, good, I defeated Satan, I'll be fine. Mm. But if we fall two years down the line because we weren't paying attention anymore, mm-hmm. does he really care? I don't think Satan cares as long as he brought us down at one point in time or another. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So shrewd, sly, prudent doesn't really sound like the person you want to play around with, does it? Mm -mm. You know, so um, those things that are associated with Satan, like the occult or Ouija boards or horoscopes and all that, and they're fun, or um, those ladies on the boardwalk, um, fortune tellers and tarot card readers and all of that. So many people approach those things as if they're just sort of fun games. Um, they're not fun at all. Not a person you want to be playing around with or a being, maybe not a person, but a being. Um, you can't outsmart Satan. He's been around for a couple thousand years. Isn't there a Rolling Stone song about this? Mm. You know, he's been around for, is that him? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that was my first Rolling Stone But <laughs> can he be overcome? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, he can. So you can't outsmart him, but he can overcome. Well, that yes. begs the question, how does the believer overcome the power of Satan. Anybody? I was just talking to Jay about this last week. I said, the one song we probably haven't sung in a million years is A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Mm. It's such a, it seems like such a downer song, <laughs> but then you get to the line, one little word shall felt, for still our ancient foe does seek to work us well. His craft and power are great, and our was cruel hate. No, no one on earth is his equal, but one little word shall fell him. And then the answer is, that word above all heavenly names, Jesus Christ. Mm, that's good stuff. Mm. Let's sing it. <laughs> I was going to say, let's do it. All right. So, yeah, we overcome the power of Satan. Uh, youth group answer, you know, by Jesus. We, we don't go in our own strength and our own power. Um, so, let's take a look now at this crafty being. Uh, the devil, in the form of a serpent, he approaches Eve, uh, and his intent is to get her to sin. Um, so I ask, why do you think he approached Eve? I was just going to ask. Sir? Um, perhaps she was the weaker of the two. Maybe she was the weaker of the two. Certainly it's a possibility. She's weaker. Maybe vulnerable. he doesn't know about weaker. Vulnerable is a good Perhaps word. Perhaps yeah. more vulnerable. So like when you say weaker, do you mean emotionally, oh. spiritually? Or physically? I should take that back because I think the weaker I was the woman is the weaker vessel in that scripture, but that's after the fall. She hasn't fallen yet, so yeah. So you, I'll take that you back. recant all together. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> repent. Okay, okay so you're saying maybe she was go more, with more vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't go for Adam. Right? Well, we don't know if he did. Well, not. Maybe he did, and Adam stood up to the test. Who oh. knows? But, or maybe but Adam word, was with her, wasn't he? Another word could be naive. Okay. Maybe. Because it fits in with the New Testament verse. Says that she a, was the one deceived. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sir? We just clarified a weaker thing so that. No, we're not. If a woman's weaker, that means the man's weak. How so? Because weaker is like the second. Like you have weakest, weaker, weak. You're giving me a headache. <laughs> He's weak in some, yeah. I know. So his yeah. leadership. Uh, yeah. The man's weak, the woman's weaker. Okay. We're both weak. It's, I think it also okay. had to do with something with, um, with how God divided a man and a, a male and a female. Mm -hmm. With, uh, you know, she, she, woman obviously has more sensitivity yes. and more. Um, more of an ability to trust and to, mm -hmm. you know, look to someone like, hey, you know, maybe he's got something there. They're more insightful. Mm -hmm. Like, and there's a lot of truth to that where a lot of guys are just like, yeah, cinder block wall. Oh, I'll hit it with my head. That'll be mm -hmm. good. And the woman was like, whoa. <laughs> 
Okay. It was mm. also true because she didn't, God didn't tell her directly what the command was. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, didn't he give the instructions to Adam? And so that's why I said last week, I was like, well, wasn't Adam there? Because he gave the instructions to Adam. Sure. That's why I thought maybe she was by herself. <coughs> why didn't Adam say, like, whoa, time out? I like your explanation for what Adam really told her. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> what? You tell her. He's the one that said, don't eat it. He said, don't even touch it. He added to God's word when he told her not to. Because the command was given before she was made, correct? Or was it given? I don't know. Um, Would that make a difference, though? Yeah, yeah. It, he, okay. it was in 2, 15, 16, 17, do not eat of the tree, you should surely die. And then right. he yep. said, it's not good. Yep. So he before got, he made Eve? Yeah. Okay. So Adam receives the command from God. Eve receives the command from Adam. He's passing it on to her. Did he pass it on to her? Well, he must have. Well, yeah, yeah, because she responds to Satan. Okay, and says we're not supposed to. My husband. Yeah, told that's me verse three. Adam she we shouldn't me. say that, but she yeah. says, um, I mean, "We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not okay. eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, nor touch it, lest so you die." So that was communicated to her. Yes. Now okay. it could have been communicated poorly to her. In the sense of he added to it, or and, and I think you could have sort of a, a little bit of fun with that, like, and she's like, why can't we touch? Just don't touch it, you know, <laughs> yeah, or whatever, yeah, right, right. you know, whatever. But here is this shrewd, sly being yeah. that is tr- going to trick Eve, okay? Mm-hmm. And he'll do so at least that I noticed. Maybe you guys noticed some more um, in what's it? Four different ways I think it is that he'll he'll seek to employ to trick her. Number one is coming from verse, excuse me, verse 1, he prompts Eve to doubt the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. So he says this question to her, did God actually, excuse me, actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Um, you know, it's almost as if he's saying to her, boy, God must not really love you if he, if he won't let you have, or are you, you sure know, such and such. Uh, you know, if God really cared for you, he'd mm-hmm. do all these things, whatever it may be. You know, today we hear lies like, well, God really wants you to be happy. Mm. Or, um, God wouldn't have created you that way if, you know, and so on. Mm. Um, You know, so he prompts Eve to doubt the goodness of God. Notice also in the same verse that he misrepresents God. You know, so he throws out there again, did God actually say? Eve should have said, uh, no, he said nothing of the sort. Um, but Eve gets in here and and uh, and so on. Notice, go back to Genesis 2.9 for a minute. Um, you can see there in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, that God had provided Adam and Eve with every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Mm. Um, and notice in verse 16 of chapter 2, he actually commanded man to eat of all the other trees of the garden. So, you might say, perhaps, God provi- provided thousands of trees mm. that bore fruit, and he kept from them one. Mm. But notice what Satan keys in on. Mm. Satan keys in on, you know, well, what, what's God keeping from you? Mm. You know, and I think that Satan and the world continue uh, to employ that same strategy in our day as well, mm. this idea that God is keeping something from you because God doesn't love you, God doesn't care for you, or God's mean, or whatever it may be. They misrepresent God. And that was, like, he went for a fleshly thing with her. Well, yeah, we'll see that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Interesting thought. Do you think they were near the tree when Satan came around? I did. I saw the picture. 
Yes. <laughs> the illustration. The apple tree. <laughs> yes, the apple tree. What were they doing near the tree? Well, we had this discussion. I think you 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 were on vacation, so we were wondering about the tree of life, whether it was something that Adam ate up until you know between the time he was created and the time this happened that they were eating of the tree of life, which was not forbidden for them to eat, right? So that it seems like those who were right next to each other, at least from the description, right? That's mm-hmm. a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. They just you know. Don't go near that one. Yeah. But we don't know. Near the tree, then they went to it. True, but we don't know. But we're going to come back to something like that. Now, the third thing that we notice about Satan is, is he essentially calls God a liar. And again, in verses four and five, he questions his goodness. Uh, so it says, "But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die.' That's calling God a liar." Uh, questioning God's goodness. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. The idea that God's trying to keep something from you. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with him trying to protect you. It's, it really has to do with him trying to protect himself, questioning God's goodness. Mm-hmm. So he attempts uh, to deceive Eve um, one more way here. Now somebody is lying here. Either God is lying or Satan is lying. And Eve has to make a decision. Um, we know the answer. Um, but I think we're all faced with that all the time, aren't we? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we're faced with. You know, we know what God wants us to do, but then here comes this whatever, this beautiful woman or something or man, uh, and suddenly you say, well, maybe it would be better if I, you know, and, and now we're faced with the temptation. The lie is out there. Either God has been lying to me or Satan is now lying to me. Um, so, so is there a parallel between these kinds of questions and this temptation? Um, because there's three questions here, right, and they appeal to different levels. Is this, this, is this a similar, is there a parallel to the scripture where Jesus is in the desert and the devil comes to him and brings him those three options and, and tries to tempt him? I think there is. Way? I think we'll see that when we get to verse 6. Okay. Um, so file that away. Okay. Um, all right, and then let's look at uh, another strategy here. I'm talking about kind of ways that Satan is trying to deceive her, mm-hmm. doubt God's goodness, mm-hmm. you know, God's a liar, all that kind of stuff. The fourth one is, in my mind, is where he says, you will not surely die. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's questioning the idea, but essentially he's telling her to put away the consequences of her action mm-hmm. and sort of deal with the here and now. And so this last one that is... Uh, is this idea of forgetting about the consequences. When, and somebody brought this up recently somewhere. I don't think it was here on Wednesday night. Um, oh, it was at our Quake tournament. So if you were a man. Saying, was it a manly meeting? It was yeah. at the men's Quake tournament. Um, <laughs> but someone pointed out if, if we could play out the tape and see the end of sort of this journey that we're going on, this, this decision we're going to make, and see all of the pain and all of the hurt and all of the consequences that are out there, then we, we wouldn't click on that button to view that picture. Or we wouldn't respond, you know, to that person that's flirting with us or something, you know, or all these other things. If we could just get to the end of things and see where it's going to take us, you know. But I think the lie that we hear today is don't worry about tomorrow. You can deal with the consequences later on. Just take the pleasure for now, all that kind of stuff. And so we see him essentially doing that here 
with Eve as, as well. Uh, and so the result is, as it says, this is in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, Paul says this, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, that your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And so mm-hmm. the result is that, that uh, Eve is indeed uh, deceived. Uh, and Eve made some mistakes here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, if a person is tricked, a person is tricked. <coughs> Man, you're good. You tricked me, whatever it may be. But there are things we can do to not put ourselves in a circumstance mm-hmm. where we can be tricked mm-hmm. uh, as well. So I'm going to ask you then, what do you think were some mistakes that Eve made along this little journey here mm-hmm. um, that ultimately led to her being deceived? Even having a conversation. There you go. That's, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, got to go. I hear my daddy calling. That's right. Okay, so that's the first one. Stop talking to Satan. Yeah. Um, the only thing, I think the Bible is clear. The only thing we are to say to Satan is one thing. Anybody know what that is? There it is. Was that get behind me? Yeah, okay, two things. Um, there's he said the Lord rebuke you. That's from Jude chapter 9 and and Jesus gives us the example, you know, of get behind me. That that's it, you know. I'm not hanging out with you. I'm not going to reason with you, debate with you, kind of rationalize away things. I'm out of here. I got to go. You said. All right, so that's number 1. What what's another one? Don't talk to Satan. That's funny. That's <laughs> not like a song, man. It does. Don't uh, <laughs> All right. She she was right by the the forbidden tree when Satan talked to her. So location, she location, stayed, location. She should have stayed away from the tree. Yeah. Very she good. Was told the tree in the middle of the garden is is a no no, and she was near it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I uh I feel like my down. notes are up down. on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Why was he there? <laughs> Well, his naked wife was there. Could that be part of it? Maybe <laughs> just I don't got know. Made. We don't actually. We don't know the time. That's true. We don't. We don't know the difference between end of chapter two and beginning chapter three. That's right. Time. So we don't know. How long were they? Mm. All right. So the second one though is <laughs> the, the, um, the honeymoon hadn't worn off, worn off yet. Could be. <laughs> he didn't want to be on the opposite side. Yeah. Yeah. He was in a honeymoon glaze. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so the second thing is hanging around temptation. Yeah. All right, and. Is that not applicable to us as well? Mm-hmm. You know, you think of all the ways we get ourselves into trouble that we wouldn't get ourselves into trouble if we just didn't drive, flick to that channel. <laughs> 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 yeah. All that well, what's stuff. The, there's an expression. Um, the expression is, well, I won't say what the real expression is, but the expression is you don't go to a bordello to listen to the piano player, right? So you don't need to be in a place and say, oh, I'm just here for this other thing. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hooters has really good chicken wings. Yeah. Hooters. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yep. That's so funny. Yeah. Ephesians 4 talks about not giving the devil a, a mm-hmm. foothold mm-hmm. in our lives. And, yeah. you know, if you're playing around with temptations yeah. and things that are tempting to you, you're going to get yourself in trouble. It's Don't just go a to the festival time. unless you want to be part of the fun. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll get drawn in. You get sucked in. All right. So I think Eve here, these are some mistakes she made. She's stopped to talk to Satan. She's hanging around. Yeah. (laughs) Um she begins to doubt God. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
you know, um, Satan here speaking to her, hath God really said, you will not die, God knows that when you do, you know, so there's this whole doubting of God. And then the, the fourth one that I saw was her mishandling of the word. And so again, that's uh, verses two and three, and, and we made the point already that um, she says that God said, you shall not eat of it, um, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And I, I think we've already pointed out, is that what God said? Well, yes and no, right? Like she added to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he said, don't eat of it. Mm -hmm. She adds, don't touch of it. Um, good intent, but nevertheless. What would be the good intent? Well, that's the whole, like, yeah, like, don't. Like, don't even go near it, because, you know. Mm -hmm. like an, an, an it emphasis. must be poison, right? Yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know. If it's in my hand, it might just sit on my mouth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so who added that? Did Eve add it, or did Adam add it? We don't know. We don't know. Um, is that unusual, though, for Christians to do, to, to, Not at all. to add little things to the Word? Not at all unusual? Give me some examples. Well, are, like, born-again Christians, or just people who throw yeah, the Word yeah. around? Yeah, the people that are for real, they love the Lord. and um, On non-doctrinal things, um, you know, you got to speak in tongues to be saved. No, give me an example of we add this rule to protect oh, ourselves. Okay. Uh, you can't drink. I love your faces. Okay. The Bible doesn't say you can't drink. Okay. You cannot be drunk. It right. does say that. Now, for the record, I don't drink for the tape. <laughs> but I'm not going to be like Joe Pharisee this is a in different position. and like give someone a hard time because they do. Okay. All right, so that's an example. Maybe uh, don't dance. Right. That's, uh, don't drink. Don't drink. I don't Can't anyway. I don't have to be told not to. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> so we put the... Now, somebody somewhere probably had um, a good inclination. You know, they didn't set out to, I'm going to become a legalist today. You know, so some, somewhere along the line they said, you know what, this is in my walk here. And then it just kind of got passed on to other people. And this became, if you want to be a Christian, mm -hmm. you can't do this and this and this and this and all these things. And essentially are adding to the word of God. And that has a negative effect on things. And I think it's significant. It's more so than just, oh, well, you know, you misrepresented God a little bit. I think it's very significant. Because I think what we see here with uh, what Satan does is he sees sort of that little opening. And I don't know if this is how it happened. But here she said, we can't eat it, we can't touch it, or we will die. And I don't, I don't know, but I wonder if Satan sort of picks up, and I think of an apple, yeah. you know, and starts tossing it. He said, I didn't die. Mm. And so now for her, she's doubting the word of God, which isn't the word of God at all. It's the word of man. And who knows if this is how it happened, mm. but kind of passes it on to her. He said, really, look, touch it. You won't yeah. die. And so she touches it, and she doesn't own, die. Her own words against her to manipulate that. Doctrine is important. Mm -hmm. Study of the Word of God is important. It's mm -hmm. not like, well, eh, it doesn't really matter here. Uh, it's a dangerous thing to teach the doctrines of men, which may be beneficial, um, as if they're the commandments of God. Mm -hmm. Because you could be slightly askew, and Satan can really capitalize on that. And like I said, you know, she touches it and nothing has really happened. And so now she's opened up to this full deception of, mm. you know, maybe I can eat it. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't die when I touched it, maybe I can, I'll live even if I eat it. 
You know, it's interesting to me is that one of the things he says to her is that you will be like God. And that was his desire. Yes, that's right. Um, but it also, I sort of am looking at this and I'm thinking, what he's also doing is he's undermining her security and God's love for her. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she could turn around and say, well, well, God loves us. So, like, if he said this, this is all good, you know, and just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But now, now I'm looking at this and I'm thinking maybe <clears> she's thinking, like, my gosh, maybe God doesn't really care about us like he said he did. You yep, know, all that you're absolutely right. Coming in. Absolutely. And notice in verses 4 and 5 how just very subtly he switches it from touching now uh, to eating. He says, you will not surely die, for God knows when you eat of it. He didn't even mention touching it anymore. Mm. You know, so um, it just very subtly moves it there. And she is just sort of ripe, if you will, Mm. um, to fall. Um, Satan then throws in, you will be like God. Remember, Mm -hmm. Satan was this, uh, this angel. It seems like a worship angel. Um, leading other people in worship and so on. And Satan said this in Isaiah 14, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will make myself like the Most High God. You know, So that very same thing that uh, he wanted for himself, he lays it out there, and, you know, that's just... That is not a new thing. It's not an old thing. It's still something that occurs today. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at some of the, the cultic religions that are out there, there's um, like Mormons, for instance, mm-hmm. you can go on and become your own God. Um, yeah. You look at the New Age movement, mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. paints a picture God. that you're Didn't your own you? God. Yeah. Well, you are. Mm-hmm. Interesting, if you look at that verse 5, you will be like God. I guess, again, we don't know how much discussion had been going on between Adam and Eve and God between when they were created in this time. Mm-hmm. But they were like God. God created them in his, in his image. So she, technically she should have been able to respond, well, we are like God. Mm-hmm. In these matters, like the stuff we talked about, moral character, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. Except this knowing of good and evil that you mm-hmm. speak of. <laughs> That's right. So you can be like God. Um, you know, you talk about the New Age movement, you talk about cults and all that stuff, but I think even more dangerously, dangerous, is that that subtle message of our society. You know, you can call it secular humanism if you want to, but the idea is you get to decide. Mm-hmm. You do what you want to do. You, you, you do what feels good to you. Um, don't let anyone stop you from exercising your rights. You know, everything is about you and you and you. And essentially, whether you call yourself or not, you become a god of your own life. And that's very dangerous. And that, I think that's my struggle every day of my life, you know, is to die to myself and go after Christ. Um, so, you say, the arguments, too, of people try to make their own God. Well, my God wouldn't send anybody mm, to hell. Yeah. That. That's true. In their own image, yeah. Well, you also get it in the word of faith, movement, right? Mm. You get to make your destiny by mm-hmm. naming, claiming things. Mm-hmm. So that's even within. You have the power to manifest. Crazy people. That's within. Yeah. You know, people who say they're Christians, like yeah. biblical Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like God said, you can say. Yeah. Not true. Trouble. Trouble. <laughs> All right, well, Eve yields to the temptation. Um, notice there, if you will, uh, it talks about the tree being good for food, that it was the, the fruit of the tree, that it was a delight to her eyes um, or to the eyes, and... It was desired to make one wise. You see each of those that are there? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
And Baron has a thought about that. Yeah, the lust, of, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Yeah, so where's that's first John like verse. two. First John two says this: For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And Essentially, that's a parallel. To yes, the it is. Essentially, those three things really are at the root of all sin uh, in our society. Um, so. At, um, Baron here points out the tree was good for food. That would be the lust of the flesh. Um, that it was a delight to the eyes. That would be the lust of the eyes and desire to make one wise. You could equate that to this idea of the pride of life. And Suzanne pointed out earlier, you may recall Matthew chapter 4, that after uh, Jesus was baptized, that he went, he was <clears throat> led out into the wilderness. And while he was out there in the wilderness, uh, that Satan came and tempted him. Um, and he said these things. He there's a few different like things, but it comes down to this. He said, um, "Command." He was hungry. Command these stones to become bread. He, he says to him, "Well, that would be what? Flesh. Lust of the flesh, right?" And then a little bit later, he he shows him second temptation. Shows him all the kingdom of the world, and he said, "You know that they could be his. That would be the lust of the eyes." He shows them to him, and then finally he says to him, he challenges him a little bit. He says, "If you are the son of God, or since you're the son of God, mm-hmm. prove it." You know, show me this, and that would, if you will, be the pride of life. You know, so if he used it against Eve the first time, he used it as his best weapon against Jesus. He has no new tricks. Chances are he's probably <laughs> going to use those things against you in your life. You know, so be on your guard against those things. Um, they're meant to deceive you and to lead you astray. They're meant to get you to think, you know what, this is better than what God offers me. Um, this truth that I'm hearing over here, quote-unquote, is more true than God. God must be a liar, and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. be on your guard against those. So Eve becomes convinced that rebelling against God, taking this forbidden fruit, was actually going to be good for her. Um, and so she goes ahead and she does so. Uh, and unfortunately, she was very, very wrong. Uh, and Satan had uh, deceived her. And so it says, look in verse 6, it says, And so she took of its fruit, and she ate. So Satan tempted her. Satan deceived her. But notice that she took up the fruit and she ate. Ultimately, she's the one that is responsible for giving into this sin. You know, so, you know, you've heard that guy, that comedian years ago that, you know, the devil made me do it or whatever. Oh, Flip Wilson. Yeah, and people yeah. even think that way. You know, well, the devil made me do it. You know, his temptation was too strong. I, I had to give in or something like that. Well, the reality is the devil can't make you do it. He can tempt you, he can trick you, he can deceive you, uh, but he can't make you do it. And so she actually gives in. Um, but is there truth to that statement, though, that the temptation was just too strong? It was, you know, you were no, beyond this, resisting? Isn't, what's the scripture that says we're not given any temptation? Um, yes. Because Jesus has been through it, so he's the example of being able to resist temptation. So, right. So we don't get anything and resist resist the devil. But not only flee. that, with the Holy Spirit indwelling us, we have the ability to say no to sin. Yeah, that's right. Not that it won't be hard, but I mean, it's he doesn't. If we if something like that comes at us, it's not from God, and so God gives us. God doesn't send temptation, but He can give us a way out. He does, and that's First Corinthians ten thirteen. Thank you. I think that's a I Bible verse. Called, I knew it was a C, but I couldn't remember what. I think that's a Bible verse that that all Christians early on in their walk should memorize, yeah. uh, and I mean, just be reminded of the reality that 
in every temptation there's a way of escape. Yeah. Now you may look mm-hmm. like an idiot, like Joseph does, when he picks up and he runs, you know, mm-hmm. away from Potiphar. But that's the extreme thing that he did to keep himself from sinning yeah. against God and against his master. So, yeah. you know, so God will always provide a way of escape. Mm-hmm. It's really a matter of do you want that way of escape or not. Uh, and so uh, Eve, unfortunately, she gave in, she ate. Notice we've been talking about this, verse 6. Also, the end there of the verse, and she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Why? Now, a couple things doesn't necessarily mean that he was with her the entire time of the temptation or that he came along and was now with her and she gave some. There's no real clear indication as to when he got there, was he listening to the whole thing and not saying something? That's what I was asking. I think it was like last week. Were they standing there together? Yeah, Maybe. But also maybe not. You know, we don't so necessarily like she could know. Have brought this to it him. seems to she me. Been a casserole maybe. <laughs> it seems to <laughs> me that <laughs> that he comes along and sort of finds her in this state. That, right, but, but I can't say that for certain. My understanding, which is limited, albeit, but from whatever I've heard, like either Alistair Begg or whatever teach, mm. is that she was by herself and that thus in this vulnerable place because Satan knew that Adam was in charge, basically, and <coughs> kind of waited until Adam wasn't around yeah. and got her in a vulnerable moment. Yeah. But at some point, she gives him this fruit as well, and it says, and he ate. Mm. Now, there's a, there's a major mm. distinction here. Both sinned. Mm. Both are responsible does for the he consequences. Does he ate the fruit from the bad place? He does. Okay. Um, so... Eve is deceived. He doesn't know it on the front end. He knows it on the back end. What I'm saying, when she hands it to him, does he know where I believe so. Um, 1 Timothy 2.14 seems to make clear that Eve was deceived, but that Adam rebelled. Um, uh, So 1 Timothy... He was aware of where she got that from, what she was giving him. So it says in verse 14, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So then he knew what she was giving him, and he ate it anyway? I think, yes, I do believe he did. I'll tell you what Jay says about that. Yeah, you can. Go ahead. I thought you were going to... Well... Oh, right, because Jay was the one who said they were together. Right, so Jay made made the idea, again, we don't know. Right. We don't know know the timing here, right? But he thinks that he saw... He saw her eat, and he realized that she was going to die. And he was so in love with her that he said, okay, I'm going to die too. And he ate in sort of cooperation or, co- or like a suicide co- collaboration pact? with her <laughs> in, in wanting to, he loved her so much. Hmm. Yeah, or you can even add to that, not hmm. so much that she was going to die, so I guess I'll die too, but that something changed for her. Hmm. And he chose to go there as well, mm. so to speak. So there's definitely that part a choice. Of love, but then there's also the part of he chose. Right, he life chose it over obedience God. to God. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Yes, sir. I brought up Chuck <coughs> Missler's view on this mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Yeah, remind yes. us. And um, it can be a somewhat clumsy, but I, I think it kind of works. Um, <coughs> Adam gave himself for Eve. Still sinned, right? But right. Jesus gave Himself and willingly bore our sin. sin. He became it, so it kind of, kind of gives a 
a type. So he's saying it's like, like this a picture. Yeah, yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, hmm. If he did it for romantic reasons, you know, we would watch it on a movie and be like, oh, he loves her so much, you know, whatever. But he still sinned. And he still rebelled. Yeah. You know, somewhere along the line, if this is how it all happened, he stopped trusting that God could write this wrong. And he stepped in and said, I, I guess I'll write the wrong. I'll oh, sin also. Right, because she, it was... It was a deception in her case. He could have stood back and said, like, He could have. The, the Lord can, yeah. He said, yeah, I got yeah. another rib. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they sir. They didn't even know what to die meant because mm. there is no death. Yeah, that never point. before that, right. So would, they don't even know what, the, what the word meant. I would think, again, you can't be doctrinal about it, but I think the moment she ate it, something changed. I think the, I think the the um, consequence was probably immediate. Yeah, I, I think I something. So I'm sure he saw something different when she did it, and then he was like, "Whoa, this is." Yeah, he probably couldn't even process it. Right. Okay. Now, um, and we're going to get to the next verse. By the way, Paul um, uh, Mark just pointed out that. Um, he said the next verse says that. Then they were they both realized they were naked. Right. It talks about. Um, so it seems like that's the case. Eve already knew. Yeah. Maybe Adam somehow knew that Eve knew about herself. Um, but who was the first to sin? Eve, Eve was, right? Yeah. Yes. Why is it that Adam in the New Testament, again and again, is the one blamed for bringing sin into the world, so to speak? That young man knows. I was going to say, because this does have doctrinal, very important doctrinal things, because he was representing all of mankind. The doctrinal term is he was our federal head. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, mm -hmm. because he was given responsibility and stewardship and, and leadership to whatever extent we can figure out before the fall. It's hard to figure out, but he was clearly given the, given the, the mantle to bear yeah. for all humanity. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is the antitype of Adam. Mm -hmm. He was the first Adam. He was the second Adam. Jesus was the second Adam. Good. So, so if you you look at Romans five and First Corinthians fifteen, both of them point to this idea that Mark is talking about here. Um, so even though Eve was the first one to sin, you could say it was all her fault. She ruined the whole world, or whatever. But the reality is Adam is the one that's blamed for that, essentially, in, in the New Testament, and that's why. And you know what? How crafty of Satan, because he knew he couldn't get to Adam directly, so he got to Adam through her. That's right. And we also had this little discussion, I think, after the Matthew, about how the, how the uh, virgin birth that happened. Yeah. And that somehow it, you know, I'm a biologist, and there's nothing in the biology textbooks. Somehow sin is passed down. Father to children, not mother to children. That's how Jesus could be born sinless, because it was her egg, and the Holy Spirit provided the other mm -hmm. set of. And the blood doesn't touch. And the blood doesn't touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well. <laughs> well, that is uh, sort of the fall. Mm. Um, the next time that we get together, that I'm with you, we will look at sort of uh, the rest of chapter 3 and the consequences of that and God's response and, and all of that. It's good stuff, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel almost like like now we're getting going in the Bible kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. like the whole story of God's redemption and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So 
um, it's exciting to me at least. All righty, so uh, Genesis chapter 3. Good stuff? Yes. yes. All right, let's, uh, let's close in prayer, then I got it.